Welcome back to another episode of the Howling Wolf Podcast. I am your host, Nick Piper. Um, so today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I feel like I say it every time like we kind of like do the show. But today is actually going to be about what do I do as a creative if I'm injured, right? If I have surgery and I recover, what, what can you do? Um, this is kind of on brand and on topic for me because I'm actually getting surgery. Um, getting knee surgery, so I'm not going to be able to walk, um, at least for, you know, like a week, hopefully, maybe a couple of days. Um, and then, you know, but I have to be in a brace and I have to go to rehab. There's a you know, whole process and things like that. I can't really drive. So as a creative, right, where now granted, like everybody knows here, I have a full-time job as a creative, um, being a social media manager, but I also have my side business. So now with my job as a social media manager, my boss is letting me work, you know, remotely for as long as I need, pretty much about three weeks to four weeks so I can get back on my feet, you know, be able to drive and all that. So I'm very blessed to do that. But as a creative that has his own business, now what can you actually do, right? This is where it gets tricky. Now, I'm very blessed as of right now because I do not rely solely on my own photography business for my income. Right now, it's just passive income for me and it's extra money. Now, eventually, I would like it to be my sole income and, you know, make it that big that I can only do that for the rest of my life. Yes, but there's always silver linings to everything you do. And right now, it's one of those silver linings. Like, you know, thank God that I do have another source of income that I can work remotely so I don't have to go on short-term disability and, you know, and all that because that would make, you know, my surgery a lot harder on me, harder on my fiance, be harder to pay bills, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, but... As a creative, if you did not have, like, say, another job or another way of making money and you're, you were a photographer and you had your own business and your money was solely doing that, well, I've been thinking about it and I'm thinking about, like, what I'm going to do to try to make some passive income at the time. So let's get into it. First thing you could obviously do, right, is pre-shoot tons of content, right? Like, pre-shoot tons of it, tons of photos, tons of videos if you post on YouTube, and you know, schedule yourself out so you have enough work to basically put on social media until you're back on your feet, right? You want to schedule out the days and all that. So in the middle of me getting surgery, I'm trying to do for the first time ever the 365 photo challenge, um, which is really funny because the one year I decide to do it, it's actually a leap year, so it's 366. Um, but we're going to try to see how far we can go. We're on 16 days by the time I'm recording this podcast. Because by the time you guys listen to it, what is this, Tuesday, 16, 17, 18, 19. So it'll be 19 by the day this comes out, if I keep doing it. So, But I've been doing it so far. Um, so that's kind of what I did, is I pre-shot some content. I didn't pre-shoot as much as I wanted to, so I'm kind of going back, posting some older photos, you know, things like that. Some throwbacks, some summer pics, that, you know, different shoots that, like, if you're a photographer, you understand it. If you do, like, an engagement shoot or a wedding or a proposal shoot, all that stuff, right? Like you have so many photos that like you didn't even use because like you were just too, not too busy, but like it gets to a point where like you make your initial post, right? And you're like, okay, awesome. Like congratulations to this couple, shout out this couple and all that, right? But then it gets to the point where you're like, well, I'm not just going to keep posting the same shoot over and over and over again, right? Well, now you're stuck, stuck, quote, with all these, you know, photos 
But in reality, like that's kind of a good thing because for situations like these, now I have that rainy day supply, right? I have the supply of the old photos that I can space out and keep my status on social media, right? Not, it's not about like, oh, status because I want people to like my photos and stuff like that. No, it's my livelihood, right? It's my business. I did the same thing at work. I made sure there was enough content. So they had enough content for a month that I wasn't there and actually a little more. So when I come back, I'm not playing catch up, right? Like that's what you want to do. You want to set yourself up for success. So that's one thing I was thinking is the pre-shoot, right? You get tons of stuff. If you post on YouTube, like I said, you can schedule it out. This podcast is, you know, this is being recorded, you know, for when you guys listen to it, it'd be in the future. This is getting recorded on Tuesday. It gets released on Friday. So it's not as pre-shooting as I'd like. The podcast is more obvious. You guys know it's fun. It's a hobby of mine. So it's not something that like I was like, all right, I got to make sure I plan, 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 plan. It's something that I was like, okay, let me get this week's done. So then next week I'll do next week. It's something because honestly, it will kind of keep me sane um, doing something creative. So that was my first suggestion is pre-shoot, right? My second suggestion as I've been thinking about it is it's a great time now to update your website, right? If you are on the couch for a little while because you're getting surgery, it is a great time to update your website. Um, as photographers and artists, we all do it. No one is good at updating their website. We keep the same old photos on the website. They always look good. Yes, it's not that the website looks bad. Even mine, same. My website does not look bad. It looks amazing. I love my website. Put a lot of work into it. However, there are newer photos that are actually better than the photos that are on the website that I need to update, right? Because the more recent your photos are and, you know, naturally, the more you you know you photograph the more you practice your art the better you become right so if i have some of my oldest work on there now i'm not saying that my old work is bad because some of my old work is still my favorite work but there are i know for a fact there's an engagement shoot that i did that was absolutely breathtaking i had it in um oh my god why can't a gazebo overlooking like the water and it was sun it was gorgeous they're on instagram it was an awesome shoot they're not on my website I know those pictures will help me get clients because they're breathtaking. And everybody I show them to are like, oh my God, I cannot believe you captured that. Because honestly, I couldn't believe I captured it because it just looked amazing, right? It was like one of those moments where I was like, damn, like good job, you know? So you can update your your website. Updating your website hopefully then gets you more clients, which then if you get more clients, you can book out until you're ready to walk or you know, ready to get up off the couch or whatever it is when you're finally mobile enough. And then that way, once you're ready to go, you already have work lined up, right? Because now you're pre-booking your clients out. So the same thing. You're just setting yourself up for success. That's all we're doing here. We're trying to set ourselves up for success and trying to keep ourselves busy during this creative time. So one thing that I plan on doing a lot is I want to update my website and I want to start pushing my stuff out more, right? So when I say that, right, I recently bought this this service. It's not a, it's not sponsored. They don't sponsor me. I paid like everybody else paid full price um it's called honeybook honeybook makes it easy for me to book clients and it really does it helps me with invoices and stuff like that it's phenomenal i love it it's absolutely amazing can't speak more highly about honeybook here's my problem with honeybook though is i did not link it to my website so now that i have time and have like spare time to do it and i'm not so focused on shooting and my day job I'm going to link HoneyBook to my website because now you can go right into HoneyBook and through the website and you'll be able to book. And guess what? If you can't and HoneyBook is more just for me as like an invoice kind of thing, 
then that's when I do the research and get the service that will let me have clients book right through my website. Instead of reaching out through me, you know, through email, there's nothing wrong with having clients reach out through email. I've been doing it for years, but it'd be a little bit more easier if I'm being honest, if clients could just book me right away, right? Like right through my website, then you know the prices. We're not playing a chess match. We're not playing, you know, how much does this cost? What does this cost? It's all there. You can see it. I'll lay it all out. I'm going to put a lot more work into my website. I'll lay out the prices and then I will have the dates. There'll be blackout dates. Obviously, you can't book it. And if it's a date that you want, but it says it's blacked out, well, then you, then I'll set up an email or you can email me and we can talk about it. Like, hey, what's the shoot? What are you trying to get? Because, you know, as a creative, we all understand that, yes, we might have blackout dates, but at the same time, depending on what the who the client is and what the shoot is or what the job is, we might consider doing it. We might cancel the blackout date and do your shoot if it's worth our while. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much the biggest way that I, I plan on keeping myself busy and trying to work on my business and make it better is, is actually updating my website. Another way that you could really make passive income when you're you know injured as a creative is shout out Cassie. She's been up my booty about doing this and, uh, I actually went to a seminar in Florida and we, we, I learned all about this. A mastermind in Florida, I learned all about this and it's really great. Um, it's to start a newsletter, right? So I want to start a newsletter, but I just haven't had the time to do it. And it's not going to be like a newsletter, like a boring newsletter that you get all the time. It's like the same BS, right? Like it's, I feel like everybody always says the same thing. It's always pre-written. It's not really... There's not really a voice. It doesn't feel like, you know, the person really understands you. So my newsletter is going to be more about like what type of shoots I'm doing, things like that. Just it's just one way, right, to stay in the client's like headspace, right? Because that's really as a creative, that's what we're fighting against when you think about it, right? Like we're fighting against other creatives, not like it's like a bad thing, because I, again, I think there's enough room for everybody in this field. And I think everybody should be a creative if they want to, but it's we're fighting against each other. How do we stay relevant in our clients' heads, right? I'm very fortunate. I have a couple clients that you know come every year. We do shoots every year together, and it's great. They always think of me, um, and that's fantastic because you know maybe I reach out to them a couple times. You know, I try to remember like their special days, like you know things like that. If they have something important going on in their life, I try to reach out to them. Um, and I try to stay relevant that way. But for the clients that are like one-off clients, right? Like you do the one shoot, they're happy with it, but then they never hit you up again. It's like, well, why? Right? Like, you know, they're going to need photos again. It's so like, why aren't they hitting me up? And it's like, well, if I'm not staying relevant in their minds constantly, well, then they're not going to remember me. Right? And that's not saying my work's not like memorable because it is. It's saying that they're seeing hundreds, maybe thousands of maybe even millions of photos a day, right? Of different photographers, different artists. And unfortunately, if you're not seeing my work constantly every day, you, if you're going to forget about me, right? You're going to, it's going to be, oh, remember that photographer that took our photos? Yeah, he was really good. What was his name again? And you're going to be thinking, what was his name again? What was it? And you might get it. You might not, right? So a newsletter would help me and every other creative stay relevant when you're not reaching out to them, right? So now the trick is, is well, how do I get people to subscribe to the newsletter? And the good news is, is they use email. So if you have your clients' emails, you can put them in the newsletter, right? That's it. 
put it in the newsletter. If they don't want it, they can stop it. Most times they're probably going to go to junk anyway. But the point is, is that for, say you have, let's use easy numbers. Say you have 100 people on your newsletter, right? There's 100 people on your newsletter. That's awesome, right? Say out of those 100 people, 40 people actually read it, right? The other 60 people, it goes through their spam. It goes to their junk. They never see it. Well, guess what? Now you're constantly in front of 40 people every single week because if you release it once a week, every week you're in front of people and you're in their minds and they're going to remember you, right? Those 40 people could now be reoccurring clients, right? And then, or if they're not reoccurring clients, what's great about this is if you're in their headspace, if somebody that has never even heard of you is friends with them, they say, damn, I need a photographer. Guess who they're going to recommend? They're going to recommend the person that's still in their headspace that they're thinking about once a week because they're seeing this you know, newsletter, picture, etc. right? So technically speaking, it will help you make passive income because you're not really doing anything. All it's doing for you is you're taking once a week to write a newsletter, a couple paragraphs, whatever it is, to stay relevant, right? And as a photographer, if you ask me, our newsletter is a little easier because our newsletter could be all about like, you know, taking um, risk and the photos and different photo shoots and things like that. So it's just, it, it's a really awesome way to, you know, save face. Another thing you can do that, to be honest, I don't actually do it, um, but another thing you can do is, is you could try to sell your photos on like, gosh, I'm trying to even remember the websites these days. It's been so long. I think Shutterstock. No, Shutterstock. Shutterstock should be one of them. You can try selling your like photos on different like websites like that. And then that way, basically like Shutterstock, if I remember correctly, if I, I really hope it's called Shutterstock. I haven't, I've never used it. Haven't heard of it in forever. But basically what happens is it's like you put your photos up there and it's kind of like royalty free kind of stuff. And you kind of just get like, if I remember correctly, you get like credit um, if people like buy it. So like basically you put your photos up there for like pretty cheap and then it's like people can just use it. They got to pay for it, but it's only like a couple bucks. But some of you make a lot of money on it. If you have, excuse me, if you have like a really good photo, I just drank soda, so now I'm all like, Bleh. um, if you have like a really good photo that's like kind of like people are gonna use, like, yeah, I mean, it could be not like a bad way to like make some money. Um, I used to always say that's where like, uh, like all the prints you see at like Home Goods and TJ Maxx and like Target and stuff like that. I used to always think like, oh, that's where these prints come from because it's like these big like companies that just like go on like Shutterstock or you know, a site like that and they just buy um, like all these photos at like a cheap price from like photographers and artists and then they just kind of print it out wholesale and they sell it in the store. Um, but like, I have no idea if that's actually what happens. That's just what I always told myself because you'd be like, you know, like how are these photos in Target? Because like for what you pay for prints, like in those stores, it's not like what you'd actually pay for like a real print. Um, Especially if it's like like an original and stuff like that, like those photos are like mass produced, and like there's nothing wrong with that. Like I mean, hell, like I have some of that stuff. Like I love those stores, like Hobby Lobby, I love that store. So like I have some of that stuff too. But like I would just keep that in mind. That like, um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of a rant. That doesn't really have anything to do with like how you can make money. But like that's just like inside Nicholas Piper's head. Um, but I would just say like you could use Shutterstock if that that is the right website or something like that, where like you post your photos and like people can use it. Um, they pay like a small little fee for it. 
So that's like another way you can kind of make money. I'm not going to do that. It's just something I've never done. Um, I'm not against it. I just have never done it. Um, but yeah, so then another thing you could also do is if you have a YouTube channel is, like I said, if you pre-record your content and stuff like that, um, you can actually then like schedule it out. And then if you schedule it out, you can just like, reply to all the comments and you know all that stuff. So that's like another thing you could do too um but yeah i mean there's so many different like ways you can kind of like as a creative like you can kind of like buy the time that you're gonna need like to get better um and like doing little things right like i mean it could be as little as like all right like i'm finally gonna format some sd cards or i'm gonna go through my hard drives like you know what i mean like there's so many little things that you could do that like as creatives like we just don't do on like a daily basis um Another cool thing you could do is it's not going to make you money. I mean, hell, it might, I guess, eventually. But, like, another cool thing you can do is, is like, um, if you're into art or if you're, like, well, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you're into art. But, like, if you're, like, a painter or anything like that or, like, you want to learn how to paint, um, there's actually some cool things on, like, YouTube. I know, like, you could do, like, um, my one friend did it the other day. YouTube, you could do, like, you could do, like, your own little, like, sit and paint. And I said sit and paint because if it's your first week after surgery and you're on painkiller, you definitely can't be drinking. Um, but you can, you know, whoever's taking care of you can go out. You guys can get the supplies. Um, even if you just get like, you know, a canvas or a sketchbook, you do sketches and you can just sit there and watch YouTube videos and like how to sketch and they'll teach you all about that. And like, that's like one way, like, you know, you're going to get like super creative um, and it's going to help your creative like mindset stay fresh and you're learning a new trait and like that could be honestly like really cool too. Um, so you could do that. Or if you're into Disney, you have Disney Plus. They actually have on Disney Plus. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done it, but in Animal Kingdom, um, in Wakiki's um, Planet Watch, you can go over there and they'll actually teach you how to draw Disney characters. It's really, really cool. Um, I've done it once with my fiance. We learned how to draw Simba and it was really cool. She did so much better. But Disney actually put that on Disney Plus. So you can actually do it at home now, which I think thought was really, really cool um, because who doesn't want to draw Disney characters and learn how to draw Disney characters? Plus, it's like a cool way to pass the time. And like I said, you're flexing your creative muscles, which is always a big thing. It's always going to help you, right? And that's great. Um, one thing that I'm actually going to do is to try to stay fresh in like the creative mindset besides working on my business is I bought it myself a Rubik's Cube and I want to learn how to solve it. So I think that's like another way you can kind of stay fresh, right? Because I have to use these muscles all the time, basically. Um, and it's just going to be a really cool way to try to stay fresh and, you know, try to like keep up, um, with a creative mindset. So, you know, I hope these suggestions kind of help. Let's talk more about it, you know, next week and I can give you guys like an update on how it went because you could also read. We even talk about that. You could read. There's tons of things you could do. So thank you so much for listening. Always remember rolls howl out in a pack. See ya. Woo!